1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey,
2: uh, we was another episode of uh, Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with some of my Laker teammates and NBA friends. And, you know, uh, we've had Michael Thompson on before, but I really want to give him a grand Introduction. Uh, you know, there's pretty and then there's prettiest and then there's beautiful. And Michael comes in under beautiful because he loves to feel that he was the best looking Laker on the team. Best looking um skin color-wise, best looking eyes, best looking hair, because he had an afro at that time. Best looking <laughs> physique. And best looking, he thought he had the best game on the court. So anyway, we're back with Michael Thompson.
1: <laughs> And uh, M.T., tell me about it. How you doing? You got to remember, Coop, back in the 80s Showtime era, myself and Kermit Washington, all right, we were the first (laughs) guys to go to the gym and start pumping iron so we could all look like David Robinson. Remember that, Coop?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you You look very – you know what, M.T., that's the one thing you had about – you had a nice body, man. But we always thought it was filled with marshmallows and not iron. (laughs)
1: Back in those days, they uh, used to tell basketball players, don't lift weights. It'll mess up your shot. And that's right. how and how primitive uh, training was back then. But I was 32 when I joined the Lakers. And since I was pumping iron like that, I never felt better in my life. I felt like I was 22. I tried to tell Coop and their other fans to do it, but uh, they never got into it.
0: When you look wow. at the difference between weight training, you know, when you see Clay in the type of training he does versus what you guys did, like, just speak to like the difference in all of that in terms of what you ate, how you worked out, those kinds of things.
1: Oh, it's gone from back in, in our day, when it came to physical training and nutrition and uh, probably year-round working outs compared to the guys today. It's like comparing black and white TV to, to HD TV today. Wow. How advanced the training has become in the NBA and all the diets that they've improved uh, with. And uh, how that's also prolonged a lot of these guys. That's why guys like LeBron can play at such a high level so late into their careers because of the uh, improvement in nutrition and physical training and off-season training too. Now, back in the old days, Coop and I, you know, the season would be over and we wouldn't play basketball again until probably, you know, a month before camp. I don't know about Coop, but that's what I would do. But, but in the meantime, between the, the last championship game we played and say, getting back to camp, I would be playing tennis, riding my bike, and lifting weights every day, six days a week. And that's how I stayed in shape. So I was ahead of the game. You
2: know, we had to use uh, those vices because, again, guys make so much money. And, again, I love the fact because the players today that are making money, I like to feel myself, Michael, and well as all the players in the 80, has enhanced that for them. But with that, they've been able to go out and hire personal trainers. Somebody that can be, with I mean, <laughs> LeBron's trainer, if it wasn't for the quarantine, travels with him, I heard, on the road. So they're always, uh, that performance um, ability they have, we have to work on our own with that. But you know what, it is amazing how much these guys spend, and you should spend on keeping your body tip-top, because this, your body is your money-making machine. And if it breaks down, then when that contract year come up, like Michael and I have, we never got that big dollar money. But uh, we were able to play and play at a high level, and I think that's the key with the game today is that guys have the abilities where they can play. You know, our our maximum, I think, Mike, in the 80s, you only thought you could play for 10 or
1: 12 years. Now yeah.
2: these guys think they can play for 20, 25 years. So it's going to be interesting to see that.
1: Thoughts? You know, but uh, even though if I was playing today, Coop, and if you and I were playing today, with your abilities, with your 3 and D skills, Coop, you would be making um, – you'd be making $20 bucks a year, no yeah. doubt in my mind. Yep. that's the range you'd be thinking. I'd be making thirty because you know I do a little bit more than you guys do, but um, <laughs> but I tell you one thing, Coop. If I was making the money these guys are making today, I still would pay no personal trainer. I could do it on my own. I don't need no guy to tell me to lift weights or to or to stretch or to, or to stretch these rubber bands a certain way. So hey, hey, I don't want to try take anybody's uh, uh, earning powers away from them or earning opportunities away from. Them. If guys want to hire them, that's fine. But I could get an, I could get and stay in shape on my own in the offseason. season. I, I did it before, and I was doing it today
2: by myself all right that's probably the first thing i agree with this guy with you know is because yeah why pay somebody to tell you to live for that's something that you should have personal pride in michael and i never really uh agreed a lot on things but i will agree with him on that
0: <laughs> i i how, how do you I, I it's funny i look at your twitter account michael and it's a wealth of information. It's, I mean, you have a great Twitter account. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. How do you come up with what you're going to, like, so you're, you have the most random cr- thoughts. You're tweeting about Damian Lillard and that's not random. And you called them a Mako shark, which is awesome, which I want to get into. But then, then you start talking about Death Valley and now you're talking about planetary alignment to Venus. What in the, how does this come up?
1: Well, because I'm the anti-Michael Cooper and James <laughs> Worthy. was well Magic, Byron Scott, all those guys and just basketball and watching Soul Train back in the old days, you know? But I was a man, who loved to go out and read about space travel. I loved to read about finances. I loved to read about world affairs, uh, of science uh, topics. So I was a man who tried to educate myself And many areas outside of the basketball world where well, all Coop and the boys cared about was winning championship rings, which is good. and nothing wrong with that, but you got to expand your horizons. So I was very well-read. Remember, too, I grew up in the Bahamas, so I was have TV back then when I was growing up. I was not sitting around watching cartoons all day like Coop back there in New Mexico. I was, uh, watch, I was out there reading and hunting for sharks and trying to expand my mind.
2: All right, all right, that's why we carried his ass to these championships we won. He wasn't a <laughs> forefront, he was carried on a coattail rider like most of the people. But uh, something I want to get <laughs> to, Michael, uh, what do you think of the bubble play? I know they have that we kind of explored that a little bit, but now that they started, it's been to
0: play, amazing. what do you
1: think about that? It's been amazing. The bubble play has been great, Coop. It's been great, guys, and everybody out there has been great to watch, but something's missing, you know. It's just not the same unless you're watching the guys at Staples Center or in the Moda Center or in their respective arenas with the fans there. The fans are missing. The whole atmosphere of being in these individual arenas and their home court's missing. This is better than nothing. I'm glad they're playing. But, boy, sure, it just feels – it's not the same without the fans, Laker fans, filling up Staples Center.
2: Well, I you, virtual. I'm going to go virtual the next time. I think tonight the Lakers play. So you don't, you might see
0: me doing this on the virtual thing behind. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. good. put yeah. all you Lakers, Lakers studs up
0: there. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, something that's kind of interesting to me is there are certain things in the playoffs you can always count on. You know, experience matters. Home court advantage matters. I mean, do you, so do you think the rules change a little bit, Michael, when you look at who you think could win a title or do you still think that those components, obviously home court advantage won't, but do you still think experience and sort of other things that normally matter in the playoffs will matter this year?
1: Well, experience is always important, but you're right. The fact that they're on a neutral site, a neutral court is kind of sterile. You miss that uh, advantage you get on your own floor. So that's why this year, even though the Lakers are the number one seed, seeding really doesn't really matter as much because you're not playing and playing that final possible game in your home floor. Everything's neutral right now. So to me, other than Orlando, you know, we know, we know Orlando's not going to beat Milwaukee. But Portland being an A-C, they've got a chance to beat the Lakers because the Lakers are not playing in Staples, in Staples Center for that last possible game. So everything's open because you're just playing on a neutral court. It's almost like you're playing summer league basketball.
2: Mike, you think the NBA is too soft now?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Physical,
2: physicality?
1: I'm, you know, I mean, obviously you can't have a McHale, Kurt Rambis type situation. Nobody wants that. But uh, these guys now, they have to stop the game and review for a flagrant one or two, like four or five times <laughs> a game. It's ridiculous. And, and then the referees call every little bump now, especially on screens. And then you can't talk to the referees or give them attitude Coop, like we used to be able to do in the 70s and 80s where the referees will tell us to shut the bleep up, your big baby, and keep going. <laughs> You know, and if you, obviously if you kept t- talking to them, then they would tee you up. But you can't even look at a referee now and they give you a technical foul. You can't look at a guy and just give him the eye after you dunk on him. They call that taunting. That's all part of basketball, Coop. As you know, playing basketball and trash talking and giving each other nasty looks and stuff. That's all part of the game. And that's all part of the entertainment. And the NBA is taking that away from us fans. And you know what? The fun part about that that you mentioned
2: about the officials, I remember uh, Joy Crawford was a nasty, nasty little official but very good but uh, Boston was killing us one time actually the Boston Massacre and I was complaining to Joey and Joey said Coop shut the f- <laughs> the basketball game that's why you didn't your ass whipped." so <laughs> I understand how that <laughs> that was then I mean and I love that you can't talk to the officials but but uh, uh, it's, it's, straightforward, hard. it's hard and it, it right. is
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember as a rookie one of the big shock welcome to the NBA moments was when I was playing against the Detroit Pistons and Bob Lanier was on the team they made a bad call on Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier talked talk to the referee and say, what kind of effing call is that? And the referee said, shut the eff up. <laughs> 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 you can talk like that? But nah, you can't do that. You can't even, you can't even hardly question a call. Tactical foul. Come on. They, they got to they gotta start. Let it get back to trash talking. That's part of the entertainment. That's part of the show is when guys are trash talking each other.
2: Hey, MK, what do you think about that format they had, that play in with Portland and Memphis? What do you think about that?
1: Well, I like it. I hope that I hope that's here to stay, Coop. And I think it will be, because it was a big uh, it was very popular with the fans and the players seem to like it. And if you're the eighth seed, you might say, Well, this is unfair. Well then don't be the eighth seed, be the seventh seed. Yeah. But this all other fan bases involved. You're in the ninth or tenth seed and you have a chance for that play-in game. That keeps their fan base more interested as the playoffs draw near. So I think it's a concept that they should definitely uh keep from now on. And they gotta start adding a four-point arc. You see where Damian is shooting from? Put a four-point oh. line, you, man. They may have to, but I'm with you, M.T. I like that
2: plan because, again, in the past, teams that finished that ninth, tenth seed and you're only like a half a game out and all of a sudden the season's over you don't get, I agree with them with that. That's the second thing we've agreed on and I'm, I'm getting scared, M.T., because I'm I was, starting to think like you and that's something I never
1: thought I wanted to do. Because you're allowing yourself to be educated by me. You were <laughs> <yourself to> <laughs> 30 years ago.
0: <laughs> you think Portland has any shot well, to beating? Well, I do read
2: right? a little bit more now, M.T., because we get older, that's all we got left. <laughs> yeah, like you got
1: extra strong glasses, too, with them old eyes of yours.
0: I <laughs> you think the Blazers have a shot against the Lakers? Are you
1: shot? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm scared to death. These guys have a very good chance to beat the Lakers. Now, I think the Lakers will win in six or seven games. But Portland's not an A seed. When they're fully right. healthy, they're more like a two or three seed. And the way Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and Nurkic is playing, they've got the size and the perimeter game to give the Lakers a lot of trouble because Carmelo's looking like he's reborn. Gary Trent has taken this game to another level, and uh, Whiteside and Nurkic together, they can match up up front with Jabail McGee and Dwight Howard. But the, the advantage the Lakers have is they got nobody, and this is for, goes to everybody in the playoffs, they have nobody who can deal with LeBron and Anthony Davis.
2: Well, you know what, MT, and I was going to say that later, but let's jump on into the playoffs. I think, and again, I, I talked about this, and I did a little slam dunk. I was very fearful for the Lakers taking on this Portland team because they don't have anybody that can guard those two players, McCollum and Damian Lillard. I don't think so. I think LeBron could handle uh, Carmelo Anthony a little bit. I think AD deal with them other two people on the side, I think, is length. But the Lakers' problem is they don't score them other three people, whether it's Caruso, Kuzma, KCP, whoever it is on those other three spots. If they don't score enough, then their defense is not strong enough to keep McCollum from getting 30 or getting, they going for 60, 65. Uh, if you have to put a number on that that series, what would you say?
1: As far as how many games?
2: Yeah, how many games? Who's going to win? You already said you think Portland could win.
1: I think Portland could win, but I think the Lakers will eke it out in six very tough games, very com- close competitive games. So six games, seven games really don't matter now because the seventh game's not going to be played at Staples here in LA, so it doesn't matter with that. But I think by six games, the Lakers will figure it out Damian and CJ have got to carry the Blazers every night. So that means to me, they have to average about 60 points combined between those two. And eventually, the Lakers' backcourt is going to have to step up and try to slow them down a little bit, hold them in the high 40s, low 50s. If they can do that, the Lakers could beat them in six, in six games.
2: No, that's what I think. I think, well, I think seven. But the difference between this now is there's no travel. So Lillard and and McCollum can do that every night because they ain't got to get on a plane and go anywhere or do anything like that. So that series scares me more than any other series, and we'll talk about the other ones there. But I'm with you. I think the Lakers will find a solution, but they better be ready to play defense this entire
1: series. No question about it. You got to pick up Damian Lillard from 40 feet. Because he's not – he's very comfortable shooting from 40 Crazy. <laughs> you got to pick him up from 50, 60 feet. That
2: kid is <laughs> shooting. I've never seen him. That one shot he hit against Memphis where he just came across half court and just raised – and it was like a flick in his wrist. he He's yeah. probably one of the most dynamic scores or long-distance scores from a guard perspective that I've ever seen. Oh, he's, he's in the
1: top – yeah, he's in the top five. Long-range shooters, uh, him, Steph. I think Clay could do it because uh, he showed me he can do it before. But, yeah, Damian Lillard's definitely a top four long-range shooters ever.
0: And he was just on the stretch right now. He was averaging 53 points over the course of that three-game stretch. Averaging oh. 53. Tell him to do it for a whole season like Will
2: did. <laughs> 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 he can't do that. But in this bubble, he can definitely do that. Uh, four, you got four-two. I got four-three Lakers. Next series, let's go Celtics Sixers.
1: Celtics in five. Without Ben Simmons, they got no shot. And, Wait, I don't uh, get to pick? I don't get to pick Is here? I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, All <laughs> right. uh, I, know, I'll
0: go, I'll I know who you better go with. I'll go Lakers in seven in that one. I'll go Lakers okay. in seven in that one.
2: All right, Sixers and Celtics.
1: Uh, five games at the most. Uh, without Ben Simmons, the Sixers got no shot. Boston's at full strength, So uh, and Boston kind of beats them, even with Ben Simmons there for, most, for the most part anyway. But without Ben, they got no shot. So And who knows? If they get beaten five or possibly four, they may think about splitting up that pair and see what they could get for 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 Ben Simmons.
0: Yeah, a ton, I of, talent, agree. A ton right? of talent. A ton of talent. A ton of talent on the Sixers, but the injury to Simmons obviously, and just they they just don't seem to be cohesive, and and it's just a team that doesn't get along, which is that goes a long way in telling you who wins and loses in this. And obviously, without Simmons, that's huge. So I'll take the Celtics in five.
2: I think South is five, and I think what they should do is fire the coach and get Alvin Gentry. Alvin has a has an eye for bringing teams together. I think mm-hmm. that would be a good move. Uh, Raptors next.
1: Raptors will sweep Brooklyn, man. Raptors are playing as if they got something to prove, cook, cook that they didn't win last year just because the Warriors got hurt and just because they had Kawhi Leonard. They played very well this year, so that'll be a sweep.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the Raptors have the experience – I think they have they have to prove it because as as MT just mentioned I mean nobody gives them the credit that they you know that they won the title last year without Kawhi I'll take the Raptors also to sweep that's a good call
2: you know since I don't read a lot and MT has expressed that I, I I'm kind of in and out on this series here I actually had the Nets 4-3 wow what but listening yeah yes MT I did the, the way those guys shot against Portland that the two games what is that last week this weekend that's one got game. Got the basketball well. I and, and the, MT. The biggest thing is there's no travel and no home court advantage. So they're shooting on the court. So anyway, I've changed my mind, <laughs> and I'm yeah. gonna go Raptors in seven. I think uh, uh, Brooklyn's gonna make that a series.
1: No possible way. That's that. Uh, you saw today that uh, the Raptors already beating them by 27 points. It's gonna be like that every game. Not enough fight. Now next year, with KD and K- K- Kyrie on the floor, then you got a different. Uh, you got a good argument there, right. but not this. Sh- Come on.
2: I don't I. you know what I don't see that team getting any better. I think you're gonna have to let one of those go. It has to be Kyrie, but you got Levert and them kids, they can shoot the basketball. But you got it that way. Mavericks, Clippers.
1: Clippers, because uh I got them going all the way to the finals to play the Lakers. So no reason to point up to uh pick against them now. So no, the Mavericks got no shot. Five games at the most.
0: I'm in Dallas, and there's a ton of Maverick fever here for this young, good basketball team. You know, the Clippers are going to be way too much for them. I mean, this is a Clippers team that has their sights set of winning a championship and playing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. But I do think the Mavericks make it tough. Luka Doncic is unbelievable, one of the best young players in the league. Porzingis is playing much better. I'll, I'll say a six-game series, and maybe I'm being nice to the Mavs because they went over 3 against the Clippers this year in the regular season, but I'll take, I'll take the Clippers to win in six.
2: I'm taking uh, the Clippers to win in seven. I think that'll go 4-3. Luca and, and Porzingis will do enough to keep that series interesting. The thing about the Clippers, and you watch them a little bit, uh, Kawhi goes in and out of games. He's still consistent, but there'll go periods where he'll go flat, and they can't afford to do that against this Maverick team. Very good basketball team. I like them. But the Clippers, uh, OKC versus Rockets.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. This is a pick em because uh, West, Westbrook's not going to play in game one. Who knows how healthy he'll be throughout the series. Oh, boy. But James Harden is James Harden. He's not going to want to lose to Chris Paul after he sort of kicked Paul out of Houston. So I think Houston will find a way to win that one in six. All right.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, James Harden, you mentioned how good he is. He has struggled at times in the playoffs. I remember a couple of years ago watching him just not do anything in game six after Kawhi went down against the Spurs and then not do anything in game seven and watch the Kawhi-less Spurs beat them in a series. It's just so weird to see a player that's so good not perform at the level that we're used to seeing in the regular season and the postseason. Um, Oklahoma City's fun. Like, they're everything that the Rockets aren't. Like, they maximize their talent in such a great way. They they play great team defense. I think it's a seven-game series, and I'm going with the Thunder to upset the Rockets in in a seven-game series in seven
2: sorry. That's what i got all right i got okc four three Ooh. i think they're gonna get it done i think if any series they can win will be this one and granted if they get past the rockets then their season is over with that's a matter of when but you i think, think that- chris paul chris paul will bring up enough of this old chris paul to where
0: he'll beat them you think d'antoni loses his job if, if they don't if they don't get out of the first round here I do, I
2: really do, I think so. And I think, because uh, that small ball, that is not, I mean, it, it, that's something that you use every now and then. You can't consistently win like that. And MT, I think you said this before, when the day when it'll come in like a year or two or three years down the road that a legitimate big, big man comes back into this league, then there'll be some normalcy in basketball again. But right now, I don't see the Rockets beating OKC. Miami Pacers?
1: I got to go to Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler is a tough son of a gun. Pacers, Oladipo hasn't been the same since his injury. TJ Warren's going to come back down to earth. He's not going to continue to keep playing like he's Kobe Bryant all of a sudden. So uh, so I, I think the, the Heat win that one in five.
0: Yeah, I'm right. with you. I, I'm with you, MT. I, I like the Heat to win this one in a pretty easy series as well for the reasons you just out, uh, outlined. I'll, I'll take the Heat in five as well.
2: You know, I, I wasn't a very smart student in the classroom and I had this concept called Coops 5Ds, and that was my report card from the about the fifth grade to the seventh grade. So I'm gonna go Miami first. I'm not as astute as Michael Thompson. I'm taking the Pacers over Miami 4-3. i I'm, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I don't lost my mind a little bit because the quarantine has gotten me off uh, frazzled, but I'm hanging in here. Uh Orlando. Versus the Bucks.
1: Man, you would have taken uh, General Custer at Little Big Horn, and you would have taken uh, Davy Crockett, <laughs> Crockett at the Alley, too. Man, what is wrong with you?
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> seven, though. It's seven, he was taking them in. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Let's go, MT. Orlando over the Bucks. <laughs> i to talk about this series, cool Okay, wait. I'll go Bucks. I want to hear your prediction of Orlando over Milwaukee. You may as well, because it has always been just as crazy. Go ahead, Coop. Tell us. Um, tell us, Orlando's going to win this one in seven, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I got it. Bucks four one. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, who do you got? <laughs> I'll take the Bucks to sweep. It's the it should be the easiest series in yeah. the entire uh, NBA. <laughs>
1: How's Orlando even gonna get a game, Cooper? Right. Oh, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, MT Lightning Round. You know what it is. Five. I'm gonna give you five things. You got to answer a quick one, or take your time. With Black Lives
1: Matter. What about it? Tell me about it. How you feel about it? I think it's a. Sometimes I just I just roll my eyes. Like, why would that even be a question? is if black people's lives don't matter. Why do you even have to ask that question? Think about it. You have to ask someone that or a, a certain uh, population if a certain race of people matter. I just think it's just, it's, it's just kind of a, an ignorant uh, way to have to live to even act. It's, been, it's demeaning to ask if anyone's life matters, who's out there trying to lead a productive and, 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 and uh, respectful life. It just, just drives me crazy.
2: Well, it is a movement, and I'm hoping that, that it will continue to be a movement forever because, again, remember, our kids are coming up through that. Uh, let's hope that it moves through November the 3rd, and everybody, all black people, all people in general, need to get out and vote. Uh, Calvin Knatt.
1: Ooh, Calvin Knatt. We used to call him the Pitbull. Because of the way he played, you remember him? He was tough. One, uh, I was a teammate of his with the uh, Lake when I was with the Blazers. And Magic told told me one time when I was with you guys with with, with the Lakers, Magic told me, "Man, Calvin that that's one guy I didn't want to guard because Calvin was physical and tenacious and uh, always uh, came at you. When he was with the Blazers, then when he went to Denver, he was a tough, tough guy.
2: And you know what? The thing about him is that usually people are physical on the. Defensive end, he was just on the offensive end because he beat you up trying to get his shot off. So, yes, that's a good one. Bobby Gross.
1: Bobby Gross, the, uh, the quintessential role player who can move without the ball, smart defensive player, would knock down the occasional jump shot, wasn't required to, to, uh, to uh, carry the team, but he's the kind of player every team needs to win a championship.
2: Michelle Obama.
1: Oh boy, talk about an accomplished lady, huh? Going from uh, college, where she go? To Princeton, I believe. Became a lawyer, first lady, uh, one of the more respected people in America. So yeah, she's, uh, had, she's made quite a, a, a resume of her life. Very successful lady.
2: You know, when I was going down the list of people who I can ask you about, this one here really got me. And I can't wait to hear your answer on this one. <clears throat>
1: Gandhi. Hey, he was a brave man. You know, went out there and, and stood up to the British empire about independence and wanting his own people to run his own country and he wanted to do it peacefully. So he was the Indian version of, of uh, Martin Luther King, you know, mm-hmm. or Nelson Mandela. Just wanted to do it through peaceful means and uh, get equality and the right to self-rule. So you have a lot, a lot of respect for that guy. He lived the life. He would walk for hundreds and hundreds of miles to get his message across to his people. So I have a lot of respect for, for Mahatma Gandhi.
2: Would you consider him one of the smartest people over you?
1: Uh, he would be. <laughs> You'd have to think about it. <laughs> in a room. I would let him in the room, but I'd have to leave the discussion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, MT, last couple of things we're going to discuss. Talking about five of the best players at each position, okay? let's start with the point guards. Let me hear your five best point Ooh. guards and don't include today's player. That's the players that have retired. Five of the, five best point guards.
1: Well, it's uh, silly to name five, so I'll just name four.
2: Uh, but, you know what? Before you do that, let me give you mine, okay? I mean, here's mine. And not necessarily in this order. Uh, w- don't, have,
1: don't even mention Magic, because now you talk about who's the next point guard after that. That's how, that's how we should uh, answer <laughs> this question. After yeah. Magic, greatest point guards.
2: Bob Cousy, yeah. John Stockton. Nate Archibald, Magic Johnson, and I've even thrown Allen Iverson in there, and I had to throw in Mark Price.
1: Those are all great players, all Hall of Famers except for Mark, but Mark was tough too. So my four behind Magic would be in no particular order. Isaiah Thomas, Steve Nash, John Stockton, and Steph Curry.
2: Can't kill you can't use Curry.
1: Oh, that's right. No plus. Right. I've got to be retired. Yeah. So Stockton, Nash, Isaiah, and Jason Kidd.
2: Hmm, I forgot about uh, uh, Nash and Kidd myself. All right, you.
0: It's a good list. Um, Magic, Stockton, Isaiah, Steve Nash. I mean, wow. So I was thinking about LeBron. Obviously, LeBron... He's not point a point guard. Point, guards, point guard, sorry. Point guard. Most of the offense
2: down the stretch is going through him. Point guards, all right. He, he ain't no point guard.
1: Buddy Pippen used to run the uh, point for, for Chicago. Is, is he a point guard too?
0: <laughs> so who no, is the – I mean, who was the Bulls? Who is the, was Jor, would you call Jordan their point guard? Was he their off guard? Would you call B.J. Oh, Armstrong?
1: Just a guard. Back in –
0: Armstrong was a point guard. When I was
1: growing up, we just had two guards. You no, know, yeah. not no. You gotta have this point guard, shooting guard stuff. How about just guards?
0: Right, and now I no. mean, now when you look at who's initiated the offense, at, especially down the stretch of games, I mean, Kawhi Leonard initiates the offense down the stretch. All right, right. listen, this is the Showtime with
2: Koo. Answer the question: Five point <laughs> guards, and and what's called is not a point guard,
0: LeBron. <laughs> well, and he's currently playing, anyways. So, man, you, uh. John Stockton, I mean, magic number one. John Stockton's got to be up there on the list. I think he's second, second or first all-time in assists. Uh, Isaiah, Steve Nash, back-to-back MVP. I feel like I'm just re- rereading Michael Thompson's list because I haven't had enough time to think about it on my own. So well, I'm he st- is
2: smart. You got to remember that. Michael's very, very he smart. He just came okay. up with it on the – yeah. like, <laughs> just like that. That's okay, incredible. here we go. Shooting guards. Here's my list. Kobe, Jordan, Craig Hodges, Joe Dumars. Hodges? And I put Isaiah time? Thomas and Vinny. Huh? Isaiah, to me, is a shooting guard. He wasn't no point guard to me. Craig Hodges? Craig, what? Craig yeah. Hodges? Are you serious? He's a good he shooter. the first shooting guards in the game. The Bulls won the one their first couple championships without him.
1: Man. He's just doing that messing with us. <laughs> all right. There's my greatest, point, greatest shooting guards ever. No particular order. Obviously, Kobe, Michael Jordan. Jerry West. I'm going to throw Oscar Robertson in there and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, a shooting yeah. guard. Yeah, he's a shooting guard, of course. Ari?
0: All right. How about uh, MJ one, Kobe two, Reggie Miller three, George Gervin four. I can't believe you guys didn't didn't put Gervin in there. Wow,
1: but that is yeah. Put him over Wade or Oscar.
0: And and then Ray Allen is five for me. Oh, that's a
2: good one. Forgot about him. Um, Small forwards, mine are Rick Barry, Dr. J, Jamal Wilkes, James Worthy. And then I had uh, David Thompson, Mike Mitchell,
0: Elgin Baylor. Who's your number one? Rick Barry. What about the guy used to guard? He's not on this list?
2: Oh, and Bird's on the list. Sorry, I had him on there. Not, not in no particular order. Those are the ones. Bird
1: actually was number five. All right. My small forward lists of all time. And, and you, should be, you should be ashamed of yourself because you didn't mention Elgin Baylor.
2: I did. I put him on there. I had Baylor. Oh, yeah, just
1: I, okay. But Elgin Baylor, Dr. J, LeBron, KD, and Bird. Oh, no, wait a minute. I keep forgetting you can't do a uh, current. KD, yeah. Uh, Barry and Bird.
2: You know who I forgot about was Dominique Wilkins.
1: Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, it's somebody, you know, he deserves mention, serious consideration, yeah. yeah All right. I
0: mean, it's crazy to think of the players on this list that play now. I mean, yeah, Durant, DeCumpo, Kawhi, LeBron. I mean, this is like its it, Paul George. It's crazy how good the, the, the people are at this position now. I mean, I I'll go Larry Bird. 50. Hey,
2: they ain't nothing right now. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Larry, Elgin, Rick Barry, definitely. Dr. J, definitely. Scottie Pippen, definitely. No James
2: Worthy for you? No. Power forwards. And I'm really serious about this. Michael Thompson, you made my power forward list. I want you to know that.
1: (laughs) All right. Who? You're not as crazy as I thought you were.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got Mikhail, Maurice Lucas. Lonnie Shelton, Tim Duncan, Gus Johnson, and Michael Thompson.
1: I like it. I'll that's take my that. Power, that's
2: my power forward list.
1: I'll take that. I'm gonna go for me. Carl Malone, Tim Duncan. Wow, I
2: forgot about Carl. Okay.
1: Yeah. You left Carl off your list.
2: Yeah. 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 You made the, the list. <laughs> It's either you or him. I went with the the pretty
0: guy. He's like second in the all time scoring (laughs) list.
1: If you have to, Coop, you can take me off for Carmelo and I'll accept that.
2: Go ahead. I'll put an asterisk next to you.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. uh, As the first substitute in case Carl can't perform his duties like they do in the beauty contest. All right. So Carmelo, Duncan, Mikhail, um, Elvin Hayes, and Bob Pettit.
2: You know what? I had considered Elvin Hayes. I did. Yeah. And so I put him as a power forward or a center.
1: Yeah.
0: I've got All Tim, right. Tim Duncan, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Kevin McHale, Dirk Davitsky. Oh, yeah. forgot Barkley, too.
1: Yeah.
0: Round, round, right. Here's my centers
2: Wilt, Kareem, Russell, Willis Reed, Shaquille O'Neal. What? But I also had. Unsell, Moses Malone, Robert Parrish, and David Robinson. And, and, and my keeper is Jack Sigma.
1: Man, you you only can put five on there, Coop. Jeez. (laughs) I mean, without a doubt, I mean, this is a no-brainer. This is the easiest one, easiest category to select out of the greatest five centers ever. I I mean, how could Kareem, Wilt, Bill Russell, Shaq, and Hakeem? What
0: is wrong with you? That's... Exactly by five. Oh, I forgot Hakeem. Okay, yeah. I'm... <laughs> we, did, did it, and I had no time did, to prepare for this.
1: Did you have Bill Russell on your, on your initial five coup? Yeah, I have Russell. What about Hakeem? No, again? I didn't have him. What? I got oh the
2: Willis
0: Reed over him.
1: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Even the Knicks wouldn't pick, pick Willis Reed over him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the list is, it's Kareem one, Bill Russell two, Wilt three, Hakeem four, and Shaq five, I think. <laughs>
1: That's a no-brainer, Coop. My goodness. Well, we, we still so hope you ever judge Miss America or Miss, Miss USA. I, I won't say who you will pick. I don't want to name any names, but I guarantee you everybody will up in arms about it.
0: Good news is he had a bunch of teammates on the list. Shows you how good of a teammate he was. It is. Yeah, I'm
2: always going to take my teammates. I even added you, MT, and I don't really think you should be on
1: the list. Who's the greatest coach ever, Coop? Is it Auerbach, Phil, or Pat Riley, or Popovich?
2: I only played for one, Pat right. Riley. But That's in, right. watching the other ones, the other ones, listen, watching the other ones, I really, really like Popovich's style. I think he got the most out of average players. And to Not you, average players, he had four Hall of Famers. What are you talking about? <laughs> But, but Hall of Famers don't necessarily win any championships all the time, MT. So it's the Michael Coopers, the Michael Thompsons, AC Green. It's those players that helped win, the Bob McAdoos.
1: Are you kidding me? We just was picking up the scraps after dinner after those guys played. Man. <laughs> me and, you, me and Kurt Ramos. Are you kidding me?
0: What, you think it's Riley?
1: Yeah, I think it's Riley, but most people will say Phil Jackson, and I'm not going to argue with you if you do say Phil Jackson or even Red Auerbach. But uh, for me, it's, it's Pat Riley because he could adapt his style better than just about anybody. Because with the Showtime Lake it was all about fast break and defense. Then he changed the style. He went to New York, became thuggish-type basketball. and They won there. Then they went to Miami, and he won there with Shaq and Dwayne Wade. So he was more adaptable than those other coaches to me.
0: Well, and that's, that's the reason I have Pop as the best of all time, for that me exact too. reason. Because, I mean, you look at the way that they won in 99 when it was like They would just dump the ball to either Robinson or Tim Duncan, let them go to work, to when they won against the Heat. It was a completely different style. He's also so far ahead of the curve. You know, he was the first coach to really exploit the corner three as being the shortest distance shot, and he really used that a ton. He really stretched minutes and resting guys and not overplaying guys. You like that?
1: You go to pay. You pay to go to a game to watch Tim Duncan play, and he's still perfectly healthy. You take your kids to the game, and he ain't playing. You like
0: that? I don't Are say it was kidding? for. I don't say it was for the better of the game. I just <laughs> right. said it was. It was and influential.
2: He, 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 he implemented that stupid load—not stupid load management, but management.
1: Right. The idea of load management. Right. I right. Mean, imagine if you, you spend five, six hundred dollars on tickets to take your two kids and your wife to the game hey let's go see Tim Duncan play man and Tony Parker and Ginobili you get to the game and they ain't playing how wouldn't you feel like let's go I don't want to see a bunch of backups play I want to see the stars well the one thing
2: you got to give pop is that he had the ability kind of like Jerry West where Jerry West can get that player on the team but pop can go find that one European player or Spanish player he could always find that one player that came in to fit in with the call that's what I liked about it and used him Found a way to use him in his system to win championships.
1: Yeah, so you take Pop over Riley. Huh? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna call well, Riley. you
2: know what? I, I, again, Riles, like I said, if you're asking me one coach, I'm, it's definitely gonna be Pat Riley. But from the outside looking in, I, I, I would think Pop to me has a little edge over Riley. I mean, he has a little edge over all of them. Phil Jackson's a great coach too. Great, great coach. Pardon me? Did
1: I you do remind you. Phil's got eleven rings. The Pop, which is five.
2: Yep. However. To your point. Talking about a guy that was spoon-fed championships by having <laughs> great players. Well, by a- having great players. You know what? Ask Phil to go coach one of today's team then,
1: if he's Wait so good. If that was the case, then why didn't Doug Collins win in Chicago with Jordan and Pippen? And why didn't Dell Harris win with Kobe <laughs> and Shaq? <Chad>? Explain that.
0: <laughs> the, the,
1: he goes that argument.
0: Phil never, had, <laughs> Phil never had to win outside of the triangle. He never had to went outside the triangle. That's it. He never had to adapt. I couldn't to get the bat off
2: my shoulder with that one. You make a good point.
1: That's right. <laughs> Red and, and Phil. I a, in front of a bunch of great musicians.
0: Red and Phil Indeed. are the greatest ever because they've won the most titles, but they never had to evolve like Riley or, or, or Pat. Exactly. Or did.
2: And if, well, Tex wasn't there, if Tex wasn't there, Phil wouldn't know how to run the triangle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you gotta give tax a lot of credit, just like Bill Burka helped uh, Pat Riley out a lot. Oh man, yeah. Right. MK, ask you a question.
1: Do you know about Manscape? Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, I see the I see the commercials and stuff, uh, and uh I don't have to do it because we like our men Harry in the Bahamas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well listen, just for those guys that are Harry in the Bahamas, they have a perfect package of 3.0. Uh, it's uh, it's called the Lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer, performance boxer brief, and a travel bag. Why don't you pass it on to them guys that, that you like that are real hairy? Because most women don't like hairy guys.
1: Really? Women like to see guys look like 12-year-old boys? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a I guess I shouldn't say that. That's kind of that's yeah, bad. Exactly.
2: <laughs> no, Now you're getting out of the realm, but you know what? Women like a man that's well-groomed. That's okay? true. And they got this thing called the crop reviver. It's a spray-on toner for your balls. Ooh. It's made with soothing alloy, witch hazel extract that will give your balls a boost. Really? No yeah. more razor No
1: more razor burn,
0: huh? <laughs> Wait, I thought I
2: thought the hot. <laughs> and it keeps your balls from sticking to your leg.
1: And down in the down in the jungle, man. We don't care about shaving. <laughs>
2: Anyway, you need to get your boys, your friends, and your boys a Manscaped. Keep everything real smooth and clean like the top of your head. I'll give, I'll give it a shot. Send me over a case, will you? <laughs>
1: <I> will. <laughs> hey,
2: listen. That's it for Showtime with Coop. Another enjoyable experience with Michael Thompson, one of the all-time
1: greatest eargasm guys. <laughs> right. And don't forget second-best Laker-looking Laker in history next to Fox. I go, the Fox. Michael, thank you. Boys.
2: Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. All right. Any last words for him?
0: No, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, MT, very much.
1: That's right. Let's go. Lakers, 16 more wins, baby. That's there all we you need. Go. All right. Thanks, MT. Okay. Talk to you later.